Welcome to Real Life at the Ridge, the preaching ministry of Chestnut Ridge Church. It is so great to be with you this morning, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you get turned in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. That's where we'll, we'll be this, this morning primarily. So what I want to do is go ahead and give you the same title that we've had now for a week or so, and, and the title is simply, Is He Enough? <laughs> it's funny. I'm transparent. I had to come print my notes off in a hurry this morning, and we've got a template that we use. My title on this is, On This I Stand. <laughs> but that ain't the title. I hope the notes are right. But that ain't the title. The title is, Is He Enough? And this is the main thought that I want you to carry with you today. Is he enough that I would want my life completely hidden in him or immersed in him? Now, that's a question you don't need to answer real quick. Is he enough that I would want my life to be hidden in Christ, immersed in him? Because that's what it means that we are, when it talks about the fact that we are in Christ, we are baptized into Christ. We are baptized into his death or into his life, his death, his resurrection, we are immersed into him. That's why it says, that, well, that's why Paul says that I, I am crucified with Christ. Yet I live, but it's not I who live, but it's Christ who lives within me. Life I now live in the flesh, live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So is he enough that I would want my life to be hidden in him. So in Isaiah chapter 43, I want to read 11 verses, verses 1 through 11, and then I want to dive in and look at just a couple of thoughts. In Isaiah 43, verse 1, it says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored 
and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf, deaf who have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring out their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there is no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. Father, this morning, I would ask you, God, if you would please give me the opportunity to let you speak to us through me for your glory. I thank you, Father, for your people that are here today and the people that are watching. I know many had two challenges to get here, the pandemic and the snow or the weather. And Father, I, I just pray that your word would go forth in this room and throughout whatever media means you so choose. I pray, God, that you would allow us the opportunity to see your glory in this service today. In Christ's name, amen. Is he enough that I would want my life to be hidden in him? You see, that attacks a lot of areas that we don't typically deal with. Our identity is wrapped up, I believe, and a multitude of things. To be in Christ means that our entire identity is wrapped up, immersed in him. Is that the truth of your life today? That he, uh, nobody can see anything but Jesus when they see you. I just played a um, voicemail message that I had saved and I had mentioned this on Wednesday night. We were talking about somebody who said that they still, they just can't get rid of a voicemail message. It was actually Thursday night we were talking after the ladies' Bible study. I was, I was here. Um, my same daughter that I went and picked up while the ladies' Bible study was going on, I got a phone call. I was back there just trying to brush up on some of my stuff for Sunday. As a matter of fact, I'm noticing a pattern here, but uh, uh, she called and she was in tears because she had her mom's car and she... Uh, was assaulted by a deer all the way down the side of the car and so went there. It was last night I was trying to finish up my notes when she called me from Forest City. So, uh, Or I called her to find out if she was okay. She was fixing to call me. So anyhow, maybe a pattern there. <clears throat> it's amazing 
I was talking to them, uh, and they were saying that they couldn't delete voicemails because of, of a loved one that had passed. Some people say that's crazy. And I said, you know, I actually have, uh, it takes me a long time to delete um, my contacts from people that, I have, that are very dear in my life, have been very dear in my life, and they pass away, and I just have a hard time deleting those contacts. So I went back reminiscing, um, actually, Saturday, uh, let's say Friday evening, um, and I was going through, and I, I even saved some voicemails of people. I've got a couple of voicemails of people that are saved on my phone, and i I, I got to remember to record those things on a different to a different place to save them so that I can keep them. So uh, we'll get them on the safest place on earth, the iCloud, right? Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I got a, a text message that Todd sent to me and Tim in a group. Tim got it at 3.30-ish uh, one day. Uh, I got it at 11-something that night. It was funny. It's time-stamped. Anyhow. And, and I... I've got some folks that I, I feel like may not be in my life much longer that, that the Lord's probably going to take them, and I've got them, I've got voicemails just in case I don't get another one so that I can listen to them. <clears throat> the one in, in particular that I was listening to and I was sitting there crying, uh, Christy come by, she brought me a, a Kleenex and stuff and to dry my eyes with. It's a pastor friend of mine. Uh, whom you heard me probably speak his name a lot of times, Jerry Millwood. And I got to thinking, the reason I bring him up is because in my personal life, I'm not saying that he is the only one or the greatest one, but I, I don't know of anybody else in my life that ever lived in Christ any more than he did. He was Christ to me. When I seen him, it was the love of Jesus for me. And I know he's a per he was a person, still is, an individual, and I know you're an individual. But I think one of the hardest things to achieve in our life is to be who God created us to be, but be immersed in him. And I don't think you can be who God created you to be unless you are immersed in him. That every bit of your being is surrendered into Christ. Do you know that in the text we have that God, even just before in chapter 42, that God is talking about the discipline that he's had to give to his children, uh, the, the, the people of Israel and Judah, God's people, his chosen people. He's, he's disciplined them. He, he's protected them. And, and, and even in our first verse, it says, But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and who formed you, O Israel. He said, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And if you're his today, I want you to hear that emphatically. That's what he's, it is a very emphatic statement. It's not, you are mine if you act right. You are mine if you do this or don't do that. No, he says, I formed you. I chose you. You 
are mine. So that is a declared thing. They belong to him. Israel was formed and kept by his power. No one or nothing could destroy her, and they can't today either. But don't you forget, he formed the church, and the church is not a building. The church, that's you. He called us out. He is building us into a holy building for his purposes. And just like Israel, Sometimes it may look like the church is fixing to be destroyed. It may look like that, the, that everything in Christianity is about to fall on its face. But see, God did with his people back then. He would allow enemies to come and to overthrow them. But he never would let them be destroyed. You're seeing and you will see what God does with his church. But don't you ever forget that he has the power to redeem her. He has the power to restore her. He has the power over those enemies. Which leads me to the first thing I want you to settle into your heart. If he's enough to defend you, he's enough to destroy you. If, he, if he's enough to fight off every adversary that you have that you can't overcome yourself, and I don't know if you... Or that person that would admit that there are things out there that are greater than I am. I mean, we as a world, not just as a nation, not just as a state, we as a world have been brought to a stop in fear of catching a virus that would take us out of here potentially. We go... God, where are you at in the midst of this? He's not off the job. He's very much on the job. But just because we see things happening to us and around us, and we see things that seem to be out of our control, it doesn't mean that God's not working. God works. Listen to what he says here. Listen, I'm going to go back to chapter 42 for a moment. I'm going to go to verse 21. The Lord is well pleased for his righteous sake. He will exalt the law and make it honorable. But this is a people robbed and plundered. All of them are snared in holes. and They are hidden in prison houses. They are for prey and no one delivers. For plunder and no one says restore. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will listen and hear for the time to come? Who gave Jacob for plunder and Israel to the robbers? Was it not the Lord? He against whom we have sinned, for they would not walk in his ways, nor were they obedient to his law. Therefore, he has poured on him, he, capital H, poured on him, lowercase h, the fury of his, capital H, anger, and the strength of battle, it has set him on fire all around, yet he did not know, and it burned him. But he did not take it to heart. And then he says, but now. In other words, God's people had turned their back on him. He sets a standard for his own glory, the righteousness of his own word, the law. His people sinned against him. He 
Who delivered them over to the hands of these people? Was it not the Lord that did it? And then we come and he says, but God, he chose you. He's keeping you. He can redeem you. He is your Savior. Though the waters may rage, though the fire may burn, you will not be destroyed. Just remember this. As a matter of fact, just remember it like this. Just like I said, if he's enough to deliver you, and we love to see God deliver us, don't we? We love to come up out of the Red Sea and be praising God. God brought me through. But just remember, the same God that can deliver you, he can destroy you too. And that's a missing element in our preaching a lot of times in the day that we live. Is that yes, God is a God of love, but he's a God of wrath too. And he is very, and this is something I want you to carry with you. <clears throat> He's very serious about his name. He's very serious about his, his glory. He, he won't share it with anybody, and he only does what he does for his great namesake. I, I really, it, it kind of irritates me some as a biblicist when I hear people talk a lot of things about Oh, God did this for me. God did this for this person. And God did, no. No, ultimately, God does what he does for his glory. Let that sink in for a moment. We are benefactors. We, 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 we are benefiting off of the goodness of God. Does God love you? Yes. But you got to understand it was his choice to love you. And he loved you to bring glory to himself. He made you to bring glory to himself. And even the ones that he would give as a ransom. When the Egyptians were drowned in the sea, when they were chasing the Israelites, God received glory out of that. And that's a tough thing to, it's easy. It's easy when it's the person that's chasing you. It's different when he does it to the person that's walking with you. Is he enough that I would want my life to be hidden in him? Second thought. If he is enough, then he has to be greater than any other force that we know of. If he's enough, he has to be greater than any other force that we know of. Listen to a few verses here. I'm going to go back through verses 1 and a few verses following. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. That word redeemed means to avenge, to ransom, to purchase. Uh, just like he redeemed Israel out of Egypt and from exile in Babylon, he also redeems individuals, even from death. So if I'm going to be immersed in him, in other words, if, if, if I am 
putting all of my life, everything, lock, stock, and barrel into him, he better be greater than anything else on this earth. See, we know our enemies, right? Death, uh, disease, and and decay, we, we get all that. We, we know that there are people out there that want to hurt us. There are nations out there, not that they want to take you out personally, but they, they would just assume you be dead and I be dead, right? Those are great. That's why we have military. Why? To protect us. What if you have no military? And you got to understand this. What if God sets a situation up that even the greatest military on the face of the planet can be overthrown. You say, can he do that? He's done it before. That little spot we call Israel, it's one of the smallest little entities on the face of this planet. Yet it's like dealing with a a, a bull ant or something. It's like something you just stomp it and it just gets madder and it comes out fierce. But it's not them, it's God watching over them. They have been through more battles and succeeded in more battles that they should never have won. And I ain't just talking about in our lifetimes, I'm talking about all through this book. The same principle with David and Goliath They've been walking this walk. I mean, they're slaves in Egypt. They, Egypt has horses and chariots and, and men with armor and all of this artillery. And the Lord says words like this when you read the Old Testament. You trust in chariots and horses. But you should trust in the Lord thy God. Why? Because God's greater than chariots and horses. God's greater than China's nuclear weapons. This new battleship that they've, our aircraft carrier that they've unleashed. Ooh, scary, right? No, it's not. Not if you're immersed in Christ. What can separate me from the love of God? Can height? Can a big aircraft carrier? Can, can, a, can a, a crazy man? In Vietnam, cause terror to come into my heart? Can Iranian nuclear missiles? Can, can I? Mm. Mm, I got to choose my words here. Can a pawn that can't even speak, but that's driven? by the desires of wicked people around him. Separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. No, why? Because nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ. Nothing can. Is If he's going to be enough, is he enough? If he's enough, he's got to be greater than any other force on the face of this planet. He's got to be greater than any person that has said anything to you. He's got to be greater than you because you got to understand, God not only saved Israel from outside enemies, God saved Israel from his inside enemies. In other words, from themselves. Even the crazy mistakes that they made themselves, 
God still saved them, preserved them. There is evil at work in the world today, right? But you understand God's not struggling to hold it back. Don't get the picture of God going, yo, hurry up. We got to get this thing done. You got to start acting right because I barely can't hold them back. Man, that's not my God. My God uses them as puppets in a theater. That God, and, and I, want you to, I want you to understand, this is, these are things I want you to understand about God because we always want to paint a picture of God that makes us feel calm within ourselves. And see, the reason is because we don't want to be immersed in him. We don't want to be, we don't want to take our lives and say, here's my life, Lord, lay it down right here. I'm putting it in you. And, and that's where it's going to stay, God. But see, that's not what, that's not what we do. What we, what we do is we, we want to keep some identity. We want to keep some for ourselves. God's not struggling to hold it back. And God's not struggling because you are doing the things that you're doing. Doesn't mean that he doesn't want you to be drawn close to him. He does. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Uh, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to, to, to immerse yourself in him, that you would hide his word in your heart, that you wouldn't sin against him. He wants that, and he wants you to, to, to know that there's nothing in this world, not even you, that he can't control. And that the way that we get things straight ourselves, because I don't know about you, but I have things that, that haunt me. I've been dealing with something for a while now, and I just confessed it to my wife just Friday night. We were on our way back from a road trip, and I was craving something from a drive through <laughs> but I had a trailer behind me. I'm like, see if you can find one. I'm going to go ahead. It was Starbucks, okay? Y'all can, you're not supposed to be spending money at Starbucks. Man, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with y'all. You boycott whatever you want to boycott. That's fine. You know, I have a particular place I go to other than Starbucks, but they wouldn't want, they ain't but one, so I couldn't find one. And everybody don't make Whatever that goodness is. I'm, I'm addicted. <laughs> and I needed one. It was late at night. We were driving. So we pulled. She's got the app. So we, she found the closest one we went. We start weaving up into this. And I'm like, I'm pulling a trailer. I'm tired. And my whole day has been planned out up to this moment. And we start going up into this. It says, go to the roundabout, and at the first exit of the roundabout, take the roundabout. And my mind's blown at that point. 
take the first exit at the roundabout to the roundabout. I'm like, they don't put roundabouts against roundabouts. They do. <laughs> they do. Down in these little villages where all of the people come to go shop and all this stuff. Anybody knows the Pineville or somewhere over past Pineville, whatever that place is over that way. Man, I'm up curb hopping trailers and all. And here's, there's the glorious Starbucks that don't have a drive-thru. Don't even have a parking lot. We go to another one. I got people honking horns at me, waving at me with one finger. And you stupid redneck, you know, and, and they're going around. I'm like, and I, and I was, I was <laughs> flannel shirt, camo hat, you know, and I'm sitting there going, we're right, but it ain't helping me at the moment. And in my life, the walls are closing in. She don't understand it completely. So she's doing what anybody would do. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Everything's closing in. I can't even talk. I'm stuttering. I can't make a decision. And anybody would, would any would their world together would just say, "Hey, man, you just need to pull it together. Just calm down, pull it together." Can't. I can't. And, and I told her, I said, I said, honey, I said, because she, she's over the last couple of years, I've gotten to where when I go somewhere, I have to have a plan. I have to know where we're going. I have to know what I'm driving. I need to know all the details of it so that I can get everything together. Because if something is outside of the parameters that we've got set, I can't cope. I don't know what happened. Sometime, some, a few years back or several years back, it's almost like something popped in here. I've always, up to that point, always been in control of my environment. Always. I've just always had, you know, but I always knew my environment, too. And I told her, I said, I know, because she goes, why have you always got a plan? Can't we just get in the car and just ride? And I finally told her, I said, I can't. I said, if that's what we're going to do, you got to drive. Because I can't. And she's claustrophobic. I said, you know how it feels when I corner you up on the couch with a pillow and try to smother you? <laughs> this is all in fun now. This is all. I love Anytime I sit beside her, I keep scooting over and getting tighter. And I'll, and I pay for it. I mean, I promise you, I'll, I'll pay for it. But she starts hyperventilating. I said, you know how you feel? I said, I think that's how I feel when the plan starts unfolding. And I said, my coping mechanism is to have the plan. But then when the plan breaks down and I'm telling her all this stuff and God's speaking to my heart. And this is what God, I want you to hear me. God knows me. 
God may very well be the one that broke the rubber band inside of me and that has me like this. And so I'm, I'm talking to her. I'm praising him going, God, you know me, you made me. And God, you, you sustain me. And, and God, you also correct me. So whatever it is, God, it's yours. You have, I want to live whoever I am. Whether I've got legs or don't have legs, whether I have eyes or don't have eyes, whether I have the ability to handle a situation like that or don't have the ability, God, I'm yours. But also I go, but I also need to repent, God, because it was a choice that I made to do the things that I did when we were circling around in those places. The things that I thought, the things that I said. See, the thing that would be in me that's messed up does not give me a right to do wrong. And we live in a world today where that's twisted. As John MacArthur said, we, 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 we call the thing that's going on inside of us, sin now is, is it's just it's a sickness, it's a disease. And so we think we need therapy when the Bible says we need to repent. See, so God knows who you are, and so who you are does not scare him. You ever heard it said we're our own worst enemy? Just remember, God's not struggling. You might be in a battle today. And if you bear responsibility in it, even though God says you're his, just as it says right there in our text, even though God says you're his and God is going to look after you, it does not negate the responsibility that you and I have to make sure that we're right before him as best we can be. Last thought right here, very quickly. If he's enough, then is anyone or anything else enough or is he the only one? And all I'm going to do is I'm going to read a couple of verses to you. And Tim, you can come on if you want to. And we're going to, we're going to close things. It means that I'm not immersed in you, nor in anyone else, nor in anything else. <laughs> L- listen to these verses. Listen to verse 1 again. Listen, listen to verse 1, and I'm going to re- read a couple of other verses. Because in these 11 verses, there are 17 eyes. Lord says, I will be with you. And he says, He declares 17 eyes and 14 other personal pronouns in 11 verses of Scripture. He's very serious about the fact that it's him that's doing all this. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Look at verse 11. He says, well, as a matter of fact, let me, let's, let's do 10 and 11. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there is there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. 
I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. And even look at 13. Indeed, before the day was, I am he. And there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? He's declaring, there is no other. So if he's not enough, there are no other choices. Man's exhausted everything else. We've exhausted it all. Ever since Henry Ford sent the first automobile down the assembly line to the modern marvels we have today from Tesla and all the other people, it doesn't matter what next model they come out with. And look, can I just say this? $90,000 for a pickup truck? I got one house. Can I get a witness? I don't need a nothing. Will it ever satisfy, or is it just a chasing the carrot? You know, things are different when things don't have you and you have them. Things are different. They are. So is he enough? Thank you for listening today. Pastor Greg wants to share with you how the gospel changed his life and how it can change yours too. You know, Tim, it was the gospel that saved me. I'll never forget when Ray Elder came into my life, uh, God put him there and he shared the truth of the gospel with me, that I was a sinner, that Christ died for my sins, and that if I would accept him as the Lord of my life and follow him, that he would change my life. And that's exactly what he's done. I wonder if that's something that you would like to do today, that you would today before God just admit, you know, God, I'm a sinner, I'm lost, and I need you. And God, I believe that Christ died on the cross for me, and I want to accept his payment today for for my sins, and I want to live for him from this point forward. If you pray that prayer today, we want to welcome you into the family of God. We also want to encourage you to contact us. You'll find a link below where you can reach us. And so we look forward to hearing from you. so much that he gave his son for us. Amen. God bless you guys.